Well, hey, everybody, I'm Chad Eckert, and that's not Joe Idoni, that's Pat Perry from the Tour Junkies, joining me live here, cracking, I'm cracking a beer. Well, you know, Chad, I've, I've, you know, first time on here, I got to represent with a little rosé. I mean, it's summertime in the South, I mean, rosé all day. Right. Well, so, yeah. I'm uh, I'm rocking this beer from uh, this is the Summit Brewing Company. This is a company that's in Minnesota, actually. And I just saw you up here in the great state of Minnesota, the ten thousand likes. We played Hazel Team Golf Course. It was fun, and we said we should get together. We should do some content. Yeah, we did, and we had a great time up in the fantastic state of Minnesota. I feel like it's becoming my second home up there. Oh, nice. I, I don't understand. It, like, I love it up there, but it's crazy all the DFS people that come out of the state of Minnesota. Like, it's, it's, it's like it's a hotbed. I don't understand it, but it's it great. Weird. They're all fantastic people, and I love them. So, including our friend Moose, who has a website that you're probably familiar with. It's called FantasyNational.com, and you can take advantage of the Tour Junkies promotion and get yourself a discount on that. You could join now today, have yourself access through the next week for the Open Championship. What's your promo code again? Is it Tour Junkies? Yeah, just go to FantasyNational.com/tj. And then TJ. you go in there and sign up and you'll get it. So, uh, you know, Perfect. but, uh, Moose is great. Fantasy national is fantastic. It has made my life a lot easier. It's kind of like we're doing this show kind of coming in blind a little bit with what we're talking about tonight. And, yeah. you know, fantasy national allows you to, you know, just, just look at stats a lot easier than we used to have to do it, where we had to do a lot of digging and try mm-hmm. to act smart, Chad, but now right. fantasy national just like helps us act smart. So. Oh, it makes it so much easier. Um, I wanted to ask you about our friends at the jock market. Have you downloaded and tried out the jock market, Pat? I have downloaded it. I've dabbled in it a little bit, but uh, I'm not as experienced as I probably should be. So maybe you can you can help me a little bit with that. But, oh, gosh. Uh, it this, seems this like is... a really cool thing. Oh, it's so fun. Um, Actually, if you haven't signed up, Pat, you can use the promo code PL and get a match up to 50 bucks. So there's that going for you. You can have uh, access to Fantasy National and learn and then take what you've learned and apply it to the jock market on Wednesday nights while Joe and Rick, they talk the power hour uh, up to the IPO. And then once these players, they have a price and it locks Wednesday evenings before the event starts. Then the, the trading happens. So it's kind of fun. You get, you know, this guy, he goes on a birdie streak, but you're thinking, wow, he'll never sustain this sell. Just poor soul who doesn't know that this guy won't have a good back nine and is using up all of his birdies in the front nine. So then you can get rid of that guy and you can move to somebody else and you can do this all weekend. And it's the best. So if a guy wins the tournament, he gets $25. And typically the top priced guy of the week goes for about, 13 14 bucks so there's some meat on the bone for these you know names in the top of the board there and you don't have to have the perfect lineup you don't have to guess if they're gonna win because if they're second they get paid out third they get paid out all the way down to like 65th place you all get money so there's ways to play it's fun it's the jock market but we're not here to talk about the jock market we're here to look at the betting board for the open championship now admittedly pat uh i haven't even looked at it honestly like i typically go live on mondays when the pricing gets dropped for DraftKings, and i discuss the pricing as i see it 
we don't I, I, I we could do that here now today tonight we could do that on Monday too as well but at the same time I thought hey let's get together let's chat about it let's open it up and let's kind of dive in together for the first time this is a, ahead of the you know we're still the John Deere classics round one is still going on now, Pat, do you have to wait for this John Deere classic to be over before you begin digging into the field typically? Or do you want this tournament to be over? Or are you comfortable starting your research now, knowing that stuff could happen at this tournament in the next couple of days? Oh, I'm definitely comfortable with starting the research now. And I think, you know, especially this year with as weird as it is, I mean, they are having the open, but the, the, a lot of the players have a lot of restrictions and there are some players that are deciding not to go over and everything else. So this year, I think you can start early, forget about anything with the John Deere classic. I, I just, you know, whatever. Uh, we've already right. had a Steve Wu Kim withdrawal. So, I mean, what, what are we, I mean, what are we even doing here? See, Wu's not even in the tournament. Uh, but yeah, I'm going ahead and start my research now, and it really it kind of starts tonight with what we're doing, yeah. uh, and then I'll go go from there. Um, but yeah, so and, and you can do that. I think with the open too, um, obviously it's you know we're overseas, so it's going to start a lot earlier than we're used to, right? You know, we're used to those eight a.m. starts or whatever, seven a.m. wherever you are. Um, but now we're going to get a middle of the night start. Uh, on you know Wednesday night, so you really gotta you gotta get going a little earlier. Get get that in your brain that uh, you can't be as late as you usually are with getting some of your research done. Oh hey, Joe's in the chat. If you're in the chat, you're welcome to chat along. If you have a question for the tour junkies, Pat Perry, you can chat it. Um, what up, Joe? Hey, um, do you? Pat, make future bets ahead of time, like kind of what Joe and I like to do is take a stab on someone. If we think that their odds are going to drop by the time that the Open gets here, we're placing bets in April, May, June, leading up to the Open. Do you do anything like that? Absolutely. Absolutely, I do. I, I tend to pay attention more to that kind of stuff for the Masters just because it's mm -hmm. that's like... You know, that's what I'm, you know, that's the first major of the year. And uh, I do think you can get a lot more um, differential as far as some of the, the odds are on the Masters because people aren't, they just, there's such a gap between, you know, the Open Championship and the Masters. So, and odds start coming out so early for the Masters. So you really can get some, uh, some pretty good numbers. But I do that. I think when you're looking at the Open Championship or any major, you got to look a few weeks out, you know, and just, and try to see if you can just pinpoint some guys that you've seen, uh, you know, whether it's good recent form, you know, whatever else you're looking at. Um, and you may get a good number on them early on. I think you, that's just a smart thing to do. Okay. So we, yeah, I've done some of that. I mean, uh, I think it was Pat Mayo and Jeff Feinberg put out a pod maybe even in December or something. And it, and I listened to that, took a couple stabs on some names and I'm looking at the numbers now kind of excited about the 150 to one I have on Joaquin Neiman and other players. Now, <clears throat> Pat, yes. you, you are the course breakdown guy on the tour junkies podcast. Where the hell are we? I don't even know. Is it, or is it, where are we for this Open Championship? We're at Royal St. George's, which is uh, in uh, Sandwich. It's in Sandwich, which is Sandwich, great, yummy. you know? Yeah, Delicious. in the UK. That's about all I know about it. Uh, it's okay. right there on the, uh, you know, the coast along kind of where the English Channel sort of is in that area. Exactly. And um, so I've heard already that the, the weather isn't looking that bad right now for oh. that area. So. Okay. 
that's always what everybody wants to talk about with the Open Championship. I haven't dived too much into the course. Sure. Um, like I said, I think weather is right now not too bad, but we know that changes constantly. That's the most important thing I think you want to look at with this course and then leading up into this championship. What's going on with the weather? Are we seeing anything there? Are we seeing a wave advantage? I mean, typically the Open Championship is one of the, uh, you know, the – when you look at tournaments from year in and year out, I mean, it is the one where the wave advantage has, um, has a lot of impact on the tournament, but right. you know, we'll see about this course. We've seen, you know, guys like Darren Clark win here in 2011 and he was old. We saw Ben Curtis win here before that. I mean, nobody knew who Ben Curtis really <laughs> even was. Greg Norman is one here who was probably maybe number one in the world when he won here. So a lot of different types of winners on this course. So it'll be interesting to see what we get uh, next week. Okay. Um, for the audience that is listening that may not know who you are, do you want to give us a breakdown of like how you start your week's process and how you play DraftKings and bet each week? Do you kind of want to give us a quick synopsis of your life? <laughs> Yeah, I don't know if anybody really would be that excited about my life. But um, yeah, so obviously with the tour junkies, uh, I have my somewhat better half, David Barnett. I mean, some people may say I'm the better half. I don't know. <laughs> um, but, you know, for us, we start a lot of our research on Mondays typically. But like I said, for this tournament, we'll start a little bit earlier and, uh, you know, do a podcast every Monday night, um, breaking down the course, breaking down uh, who we like. We do a betting show as well on Monday. And then we have DraftKings After Dark, which is where it really gets fun because we're usually just pretty much hammered by them. <laughs> um, and then uh, I think one of the fa my favorite things that I do is the Fantasy Golf Sommelier, which comes out uh, usually on Wednesday morning. That is my YouTube video where I give you a little wine knowledge. And then I give mm. you three three picks for the week. So I'm going to give you uh, my pop the cork play, which is the guy mm. who later in the week I feel like has popped a little bit for me, a guy we didn't talk about on the podcast, lower owned maybe, a mm -hmm. uh, guy I'm not, I'm not hearing about on other podcasts. Because one of the things that we do, and you probably do the same thing, Chad, is I don't like to listen to anything before mm -hmm. I do the show. I don't want yeah. to know what what Mayo's doing. I don't want to know what anybody's doing before the show and I'll just give my picks. And if it ends up being chalky, that's what it is. But I don't have any, you know, I, I would rather just not have any biases when I go to do the show and do my research and anything else. And so the pop, the court play, you know, kind of coincides with that later in the week. It's a guy that, you know, nobody's really talked about on the shows, a guy that I've liked and I think it's going to be lower owned. Then I have the Boone's farm fate of the week. Which, if you've ever had some Boone's Farm, okay? I don't know if you've ever, have you ever had some Boone's Farm. I mean, it is. Uh, there is a fantasy league that I used to be in, a fantasy football league, where the the draft order was decided on how fast you could chug the Boone's Farm. Yeah, and you didn't yeah. know what flavor you had either, so you had to pick a random bottle, and then the you know the first person done with their Boone's Farm got number one overall. So yeah, I mean, I, yeah. So I know all about this. this is, yeah. This so like I have the Bo the Boone's Farm fade of the week, and then uh, I also have the. Um, Priced like a Sutter home, plays like a Camus. So a Sutter home is a pretty cheap wine. Camus is a very expensive wine. So yeah. I go with the cheap guy that I really like for the week. So three picks yeah. is kind of something fun that I do. On uh, I record it Tuesday nights, give you a little wine knowledge, and then uh, some picks. So that's one of you know. So it's a grind. I mean, like you you probably know this. I mean, uh, really from like Monday until the tournament starts on Thursday, a lot of work. 
you know, DB says he does all the work, but whatever. You know, I, I do. I do, you do some. I do some things. I do yeah. some things. Yeah, it's like, uh, you know, I do all the work and Joe barely does anything. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Now, let's just get to the betting board. Let's just crack it open. Oh, you know what? We do that. We open the beers, we open the betting board, and we look at the tippity tip top. This is the DraftKings betting board here. It's John Rom at 8-1. to one. Pat, are you a guy that reaches to the top of the board? Are you somebody that would bet on a guy like John? Why wouldn't you bet on John? How could John Rom not win the open i mean he's the best golfer on planet earth right now yeah i mean how could he not win that's i mean that's a good question but eight to one is a good number yeah it's a decent number but look i just don't do you get excited by eight to one i it just doesn't excite me i know it it doesn't get me all like feeling real fuzzy inside so i tend Mm -hmm. to like to when i'm looking at the favorites you know i look at a guy like Xander there at 16 to one. Now I know he hasn't won a major and you know, hasn't won a whole lot of tournaments, but you get a guy like Xander right there at 16 to one. He, that gets me a little bit excited. You know, he's been over there for a little bit and Brooks Kepka gets me excited at 14 to one. I mean, look what he's a big game hunter. The guy, I mean, Brooks just, it lives to, to, to win majors I mean, he cut his teeth on the European tour, so it's not like True. this is anything new for him. I think that's going to be his next major that he wins is an Open Championship. So that gets me a little more excited. Those guys right there in that like fourteen to one to sixteen to one range. If I'm going to bet the shorter odds guys, but I get it with Rom. I mean, I get it. Now, the Open Championships a little different than your U.S. Open, your PGA, or even the Augusta Masters because. It's Euro golf. It's kind of different. And um, it's typically an older gentleman has had a chance to win this tournament more often than not. So is does that change the way you look at this betting board? Or does that change your strategy for this major compared to other majors? Yeah, I mean, maybe a little bit. Um, but I still think in majors overall, the cream rises to the top. I mean, the, these guys that are the top 20 in the world are going to be the ones that are right there at the very end. We may get some crazy person that's, you know, up there like the years we've had Tom Watson up there and whoever else. But for the most part, you typically get, you know, the guys that are playing you know well, that are top 20 in the world. Um, mm-hmm. those are the ones that I'm going to be paying attention to. And if for some reason, you know, like a Darren Clark who won here last time or a Tom Watson or something wins, you know, obviously Tom Watson's not winning this year, but you know what I mean? Right. Whatever. I just got that like, uh, fine. I missed out on that, but I, I'm not going to really focus on those guys. I wanted to ask you, cause I see when I open this up, DJ is at 11 to one. He's the second highest favorite of the week Is DJ back. Is there a reason why he's 11 to one? Like what's going on here? He's never, is he good at opens? Yeah. I mean, I think he's, he's, he's not bad. I mean, it's not like his, his game is, is terrible for, for open championships. I mean, he can, you can tend to spray it all over the place at open championships, as long as you just don't get it into those pot bunkers or whatever else. Um, but I still don't think he's back. I think he's, he's struggling. I I think there's a lot of, there's a lot of confidence issues with him. And that's, that means more to me than anything else, um, whether or not it's a course fit or not. Um, you know, we talk about strokes game gained home life on the show. (laughs) Um, I, I think he's probably okay with the home life, but, (laughs) um, you know, I mean, it's not like he's, he's doing all that bad. Right. 
Chad. Right. I mean, you know, no, he's fine. He's, li- he's, okay. he's living the best life. He's okay there. But his golf game just hasn't been there lately. So I, I don't really want any part of DJ up there at 11 to 1. Yeah, that seems odd to me when, especially like, like you said, you got Brooks, the major killer at 14, or you could even get more money back if you bet Xander, which who is kind of due for a uh, major. Does 18 to 1 for Jordan Spieth do anything for you? Because I think that's actually fair for him. He's playing really good again. He's finally back to being Jordan. D- can he win this, though? Yeah, I I think he can. I mean, I look, I'm a sucker for Jordan, and you're getting mm-hmm. him at 18 to 1. Um, I don't mind the number. I think you're right. I think it's a fair number for Jordan. Um, so yeah, I mean, and if you want to, if you want to play Jordan, uh, I'm all about it. Uh, I think it's, it's not a bad bet. He has been playing very well this year, as you said. Um, we haven't seen a whole lot of him lately. Right. Like we saw him at the, at the U S open, I guess was the last time he played. Is that right? Well, yeah, I mean, these majors, they're crushing it all in here. I don't think he played. Maybe he did play. I don't know, but whatever. I forgot about it if he did. Well, we don't care. I want to share with you now the DraftKings board because we've kind of glossed over the top of the betting board. Does it correlate with the DraftKings board? Let's see what we have. We still have at the tippity tip top. John Rahm is 11-3 on the DraftKings board. You have Rory there, and you have Brooks ahead of DJ. So, huh. And it looks like they've got Bryson ahead of Spieth. So that's interesting how DraftKings and this DraftKings betting odd board are different. Do you ever look at the two and correlate them and try to figure out answers based on the differences? I do, but not so much at the top. Um, I tend to look at that more in the mid-range to the lower range. Um, So at the top, I I don't really pay attention as much. But when you get into the mid-range and the lower range, there is some pretty significant differences that you can sometimes find that I think can help you out. Uh, I wanted to remind the people that have just tuned in, maybe they're watching. Um, this is the first look at the Open Championship betting board. I am joined by Pat Perry from the Tour Junkies. We're going to do this for fun for the next 20 minutes, and it's been about 10, so we're almost done. Um, we want to add, uh, look at that. Bryson DeChambeau is at 20 to 1. Why are they disrespecting Mr. Bryson? Is it because he's not made for an Open? I think a little bit of that. I, I think. Um... You know the Open Championship is is a, just a different type of game. I mean, you really can't just overpower the course at an Open Championship. Sure, I sure. mean, certainly we've seen guys like John Daly do that, but John Daly also had an incredible touch around the greens. Was very imaginative. I think um, Bryson is not exactly that. He's obviously right. the scientist, you know, so he's everything has to be calculated. Can you imagine being Bryson playing in an open championship when you've got winds going all over the place, rain or whatever, weather elements and things and he can't calculate things. I mean, it's, his mind, his brain might blow up. Like, and he so, doesn't have his caddy. Yeah, and he doesn't even have his caddy. So I think I think like they're just factoring in like a just the like being totally mind effed you know, for, for him. I mean, like he's going to have some problems. So I don't want any part of Bryson this week. I mean, but he, so he's 9,900 on this board. So maybe it looks like Spieth's the value in comparison. If you're trying to do apples to apples, let's go down into what is the nine K range on DraftKings, And it is crazy how, I mean, now this is a major, so you kind of get what you get and you get good names. Um, 
Let me share this. Oops. Share this. <laughs> I'm really bad at this. I mean, the names are super juicy and you're getting the 20s. This is where I'll probably end up starting my betting card is in this 20 range. You got 22 to 1 Louis. Justin Thomas at 22 to 1. What? Victor Hovland at 25. Morikawa at 25. And you even got Cantley in the 30s. What's going on here? This is crazy. This is what I like to see. This is where I get excited. I love this range. I am totally right. with you. This is this is where you start feeling feeling good in the in the middle. These people right? are just as good as the names at the top. I feel like. I mean, come on. Yeah, they are. Yeah, and you're getting good value with JT. I mean, I know his game's been all over the place lately, but look, he did just win the Players Championship. Victor Hovland's been over there a little bit uh, recently. I mean, I think he got over there two weeks ago. Um, okay. So he's he's nice and comfy overseas. Mm -hmm. Um. Does that factor into your life? Like, do you want a guy that maybe you don't want Daniel Berger because he's playing this week and his body clock won't be ready? Are we worried about people's yeah, body that clocks? Does, I think that does. Um, that that there's an effect there when you think about not just the body clock, but the fact that they have all the COVID restrictions and everything sure. else. So the people that have already been over there for a little bit are kind of used to it. You know, there's they're not rushing around to sort of get set for the tournament. Like Berger's really going to have to like, I mean, he's not going to have all that much time to really get acclimated to to everything around there. So I do think that does uh, make a difference. Now, there's not a whole lot of guys that are playing that you know, especially the top guys that aren't right. over there now. Um, but yeah, for those guys that are really coming from like the John Deere, uh, I think it's going to be interesting for them. Okay. Um... I really like Patrick Cantlay, and you can get 33 to 1 on him. Is that is it his time to shine in a major for once? Let's do it, right? I think it absolutely could be. I love Cantlay. He was a guy that, um, you know, I was – I never used to – I felt like I never could get him right. I still might – you know, I always faded him, and then he'd win, or he'd come mm -hmm. close to winning. But I think his game's come – you know, he had a little bit of a dry spell during the year, uh, but his game has come around again – I love some Cantlay. I think that's a really good number, too, at 33-1. to one. Um, I love that number. Okay, now here's where I got some interesting numbers here. You got Tyrrell Hatton at 33. You got Paul Casey at 40. Finau at 40. And Fleetwood and Lowry at 40. Hideki's here. Patrick Reed is at 40? Rose and Fitzpatrick and Garcia and Grace. These are Euro players. These are great golfers. This is interesting because do you – focus somewhat on a euro narrative for the open or is that kind of played out uh i don't think it's played out i mean i think that the euros definitely have an advantage over there um you know i mean they've they're used to it they're used to that style of golf um because it's different it's a lot it's 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 just a different way to play the game um and i think that's why i like when i'm thinking about americans that are playing over there, you're more imaginative type players like you mm -hmm. know, John Daly doing so well when he played in open championships, you know, dating myself, but Phil Mickelson, <laughs> I mean, Phil Mickelson won an True. open championship as well because he's very creative guys that are not just like, you know, cerebral, like you gotta, you know, you know, play golf a certain way, you know, guys yep. that I think that, that know how to react to a shot versus, you know, this is how golf is played. I have to, you know, hit fairway, hit green, do whatever. Like, I think yep. your imaginative guys, those are the ones that I think make sense here. Like a Patrick Reed. I mean, Patrick Reed has a great short game. Um, he's used to playing over in Europe. I like that number for him at 40 to one. I, I think that's a good number. 
Yeah, I don't um, know if I'm going to be able to find that because I can't use this DraftKings sportsbook. I don't have. Do you have access to a sportsbook? Do you want to promote anything over here? <laughs> I don't. I mean, we don't in particular in Georgia. Now, hmm. you could you can certainly use some TJ codes if you're in other states that we're we're you know that are legalized, like you know Colorado and. Uh, I don't know, New Jersey and some of those. I mean, those are the ones that you can use some TJ codes, but we can't actually do it because we're in Georgia. Right. And Georgia's just going to... Well, they're going to drag their feet. Well, they're not Minnesota. Minnesota will be the last state for sure. Now, uh, Patrick Reed will make my car, but I don't know if I'm going to find a 40 on it. I do also like the names at the 50, like Fitzpatrick. I think he's kind of sneaky due to get... A, I mean, yes, he hasn't won on the PGA Tour, but he's won a shitload on the Euro Tour. He's young, hip, with it. Wow. I like Fitzpatrick, and I think 50 is maybe aggressive. Maybe it's not fair, but I feel like it's fair for how well he's done so far in 2021. He's got, like, a string of really good finishes. Any Fitzpatrick love in your life? Oh, I do like Fitzpatrick. I'm a sucker for Fitzy. I like him. I think this could be a, a good chance for him. Um, you know, he's he doesn't seem to... You know, he kind of just hangs around in some of the majors, but doesn't really I, like. I never feel like he's in contention on a sure. Sunday. That's true. But I still like Fitzy. I think he's been playing well all year long. Um, a guy, though, right there that I think is fantastic is Joaquin Neiman. I right. love some Joaquin. This guy can work the ball like you've never seen it. You know, he can hit it low. He can hit it high. Great ball striker. Everything you want in a guy that you know at the Open Championship. I think Neiman has. Um, mm -hmm. So at fifty to one, and in good form. I mean, we almost—I mean, he almost just won. A, he should have won. Yeah, Bogey free. Yeah, Shit. until the playoff. And so, <laughs> so sad. I mean, I think Neiman is a is great value there at fifty to one. I, I like that number. Um, by the way, I see Webb there. Nope. Not, yeah, yeah, yeah. Now we're getting. Any. Now we're getting into the range of question marks, and people wondering if this is worth it. Now. The reason why you would is maybe because you get a little bit more money back with a 50 to one on Webb Simpson. But can Webb's I don't now I listened to your podcast prior to the US Open where you had Paul Tull, Paul Tesoria telling us all not to really take his guy. Basically, yeah. kind of gave us a warning. Like, I don't know. He really he did. Practicing. Yeah, it was great because I didn't use him at all. And then he yeah, got off. Neither so, did I. Now could He's probably healed and healthy, and he kind of does set up to fit a open championship Webb Simpson with his fairway finding and his putting ability. But is he the same guy? Because I think we saw a peak of Webb. Maybe he peaked last year or a year and a half ago now, and is now on the decline of his career because he's at that age. And he's, I don't know, am I wrong? Yeah, I don't know if I'd say he's in the decline of his career, but I do think he is on a, um, downslope right now with his game. I think he can always come back. We saw this before with Webb. Uh, mm -hmm. Before he won the players a few years ago or a couple years ago, uh, his game was in terrible shape. He was struggling and then it came back because, you know, he had those putter issues with mm -hmm. going, you know, long putter versus the short putter. And so he is one yeah. of those type players that I think gets hot and uh, and then you ride him. But right now, I just don't think his game is where he wants it. Uh, you know, we you know, obviously, Paul mentioned in our show for the US Open that he didn't he didn't feel like it was really in a good spot. So Webb is just a guy that 
I just think you avoid this week. I mean, maybe if we get any more information, you know, you know, later yeah. on. But right now, it's just not a guy that I'm really interested in. Oh, now, okay. Scheffler is. Scotty Scheffler is. Scotty Scheffler is a guy that I just don't understand why more people don't talk about. Like, yes, mm-hmm. I know he is not one. Like, I know that. But he is fantastic in almost all facets of the game. Um, he always finds himself up there, whether it's majors, whether whatever. I mean, nothing's too big for him. I think Scheffler is a is a guy that you, you know, and he's he seems like he's always like, especially in DraftKings. Like we're looking at his odds right now at fifty to one, you know. But you look at DraftKings, he is uh, eighty two hundred. Um, if you get a low owned Scotty Scheffler at eighty two hundred for the Open, I'll I'll take that. I'll take that. Okay. We'll see where he is. Um, and there's, you know, you you get ownership more spread out too in majors. I mean, you know, that's why you get guys like Scheffler so cheap or Finau at eighty four hundred or Fleetwood at eight thousand. So um, we'll see. But Scheffler's a guy I'm kind of early on pinpointing as a as a staple in my lineups, and I did that for the U.S. Open, and it worked pretty well. So yeah, you had a decent U.S. Open, didn't you? Yeah, had a pretty good hit. Pretty good hit. <laughs> Um, now the veteran name that will probably pick up some steam as the one that the dads are all on. It's Lee Westwood. Do we want Lee Westwood? Is it his time to get a major finally? I think you, you almost like if you're building a pool of players, Lee Westwood just probably has to be in there. You know, we talked about, you mentioned older guys, right? That, Mm -hmm. that have, you know, have uh you know can pop at, at open championships you know I talk about darren clark and whatever mm-hmm. you know tom watson even though lee westwood is Stink. that i mean it, there's it, yeah there's there's all kinds of uh older guys who have um done well in this tournament but westwood's just been playing good even with the younger guys so right. why would you not why would you not like at least think about putting him in, you know, whether betting him or putting him in your DraftKings pool of players. I think you should. I think he played well today. Um, yeah, you know, he's like in the lead. Yeah, in the Scottish Open. So so we'll have to keep an eye on the Scottish Open as the weekend finishes, but I think that 50 to 1, you may open this betting board as a guy that's betting normally on the week-to-week basis on PGA Tour and think, holy shit, this 50 to 1 is not fair and this is wrong and that I will never bet that. But that's because Lee Westwood knows this is one of the last chances he may have to yeah. take a major and he's good at it opens. So he has the historics there. Um, there's other weird names like Brendan Grace is in here at 50 to one. That's kind of strange to me. Christian Bazood and who is here too at 60 to one. That's the kind of thing we're going to see with the open championship where you've got guys that are better at Euro golf maybe. And that's why they're popping in the betting board. Yeah, I think so. You know, we've seen Brandon Grace, um, play really well in open championships he obviously um i think what b- broke the major scoring record at the oh open yeah yeah like a 60 or something yeah 62 maybe 61 but um he has been playing well too i mean you yeah, know one over in puerto rico obviously that's not even close to the same field that we're in here but he's been playing well um that number does seem a little short for him so i'm kind of wondering like when i see brandon grace at 51 i'm like all right what do the odds makers know that i don't because i think that's right. a little bit short um for him or maybe to- they're trying to protect their top 10 odds and they've you know yeah have to 
factor yeah. that into the outright number. Uh, let's go through the like somewhat long shots. Now we already talked about the fact that the cream rises to the top in all majors and especially at the open championship. And you've got to be somewhat savvy and a veteran and you can't be some flaky guy, but there are some veteran names in the 60 range that I'm kind of interested. If you're interested, Adam Scott, at 55, you got Phil, the PGA winner. He's at 66 Molinari. Mm-hmm. Now, who? Oh no! It was Lowry who won the because there wasn't an Open Championship last year. So we got yeah, Molinari. Lowry. Yep. So then, I mean, Molinari's back. Is he here? Is he good? I mean, what's going on with these veterans? Adam Scott. I mean, should we do that? Should we go back to Phil? Yeah, I'm not going back to Phil. Um, I don't mind Adam Scott. I like Adam Scott more as a DFS play, as a far you know, so in, as a DraftKings okay. DFS play as opposed to an outright winner. Um, but you know, there's definitely some guys in that range that I think that that could make a whole lot of sense. Um, you you took it down, so now I can't see it. Oh, sorry. Uh, well, here's the betting board. I was just trying to look to see where Adam Scott was. Okay. So, or the DraftKings, he's at $8,100 on DraftKings Rose at 8,000 got, uh, I mean, this DraftKings Pricing is way different than DraftKings betting board, so we may yeah, have to is, do some compare and contrast. It is a little different. Um, you know, Cam Smith in there, by the way. I think. Yeah, what's uh, up with Cam Smith? Isn't he just tailor made to win an Open Championship? That's like he really what is. I think he's got the perfect game to win. I mean, you talk about a creative player. I mean, one of the best scramblers out there. Um, I think Cam Smith is, you know, just a natural feel for the game. I think he is, um, you know, a definite guy that could win this tournament. Um, yeah, he's a big game hunter too. Yeah, so he's one that I'm, I am certainly looking at. Um, you know, trying to look at some of these longer odds guys though from a betting board perspective. Because like really long odds, like it almost is where you start shifting to the top five if you're really or a top ten bet because. Can Will Zalatoris win an Open? Sure. Can a Garrick Higo? I don't know, but they're the same number there. I'd lean in English at 66 to 1 if I was going to do any of those names because English just won in the playoff. Now, a birdie fest, does that, can that even equate to coming over here into the Open? I mean, you almost like that's almost like you have to have amnesia and not think about the fact that it was a birdie fest and you just know that he's playing okay golf. Yeah, I think you're, that's a very good. <laughs> amnesia is a great word. Like if you're coming over from a tour event, that's a birdie fest to the open championship, you have to forget everything that you did before. Like <laughs> Everything is changes. There's just, there's just not a whole lot of similarities there. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that, uh, you know, but, but a guy like Harris English is coming in in pretty good form. So right. or really good form. So I don't mind that. Uh, Zalatoris, I think is lost right now. I think he's played okay. way too much golf and needs sure. to just kind of dial it back. Oh, that happens um, to everybody. Yeah. What about Jason every- Day or Ricky Fowler? Look at those names. You got those names are the same odds as Keimer and Norin. Now Fowler what? interests me. I'm always a sucker right? for Fowler too. I like Fowler but look, too. But he's coming like his game is coming around. And what is what is the major championship? If you just think back, like we're doing a first look here, right? Mm-hmm. So we're not really going off of a whole lot of research. No, but no, if no. you think of major championships where Ricky Fowler has done well and the top of your mind, doesn't the Open Championship just pop? Like, I'm not even looking at his course history at Open Championships, but I bet it's fairly decent. It's, no, it's, he's he's good at all majors, really. Like, he had that one year where he was top five in all of them. He's 
played really well at Augusta. Yeah. So Let's look I, at I his, think... uh, we could look at up his uh, Wikipedia page because you know, I, I mean, he's <clears throat> and he's kind of found it recently. It's not like we're talking about the same Ricky Fowler of last year where he it was sad and he wasn't even qualifying for any major. Yeah, I'm I'm pulling it up here. I've got uh let's see. So Ricky has where is Ricky Fowler? So Ricky on this website, Wikipedia, I mean he's been second. Oh, he's at a top ten, he's at top five. Uh he was T sixth the yeah. like in the twenty nineteen open. I mean, one, two, three, four, or top ten in his life. All right. I mean, no, Ricky's three. Ricky's been pretty solid at the Open Championship, and, and you're yeah, actually so, right. He's been pretty solid in majors in general, and he's playing a little bit better. I like Ricky. Ricky, I, I don't, I don't mind that. Eighty to one is that what the odds right? were on him? Yeah. So let's if maybe do scoring, that over Jason. Day. Hey, if we can get Phil Mickelson to win a major. Why can we not get Ricky Fowler to win a major? Oh, God, it would be so great. Yeah. It would be good for content. Now, um, we're talking about long shots. Would you be interested in an Ian Poulter? We're talking about Euro guys, veteran names, and that kind of applies. Could Ian Poulter come away with a major? He's playing kind of, decent golf. Yeah, I mean, I, th I think he could. I mean, if you want to bet him at, at 100 to 1 or so, I think that's a good number. If not, try to find a number on you know ten in, in the top 10. Something like right. that um, could be a decent number for those guys. Um, you know, a guy like Richard Bland is right there. I see him. You know, we've seen That's him. Uh, you know, yeah. the open at the U.S. Open play well, um, having a good year. Um, so that that's another one. There's a there's a I, like it's hard not to look at the betting board and and wonder how I'm not going to have thirty five. <laughs> <laughs> right. For like, real, at least a dollar on some of these guys. Like, just throw, throw <laughs> something on. I mean, like I'm gonna have so many bets. I try to actually when I look at my betting card, I try not to make it just so ridiculous. Let's, let's go through the seven K range and see if there's anything that stands out to us. If we compare it to the betting board, I mean, you got there's both seventy five. I mean, this is gonna be interesting. You can make a really good lineup on DraftKings. Look at Fowler's at seventy three hundred. Mm-hmm. Be your last guy in. Poulter at seventy two hundred. Um, oh, you you absolutely could make a a DraftKings lineup out of all seven K guys when you totally the, when you think about the fact that you've got you know Fitzy at the top at seventy nine hundred, Cam Smith up there, Neiman, mm -hmm. you know, I mean Abraham. Well, they have Amber, an M in there. But yeah, that's weird. So there, there's so many guys right there. Like you could make an entire lineup just out of seven K guys. Um, now which, let's talk about that because you're a DraftKings guy. Do you have to get cute at majors to win money? No, I don't think you do at all. And then how did you win money? You you joined a contest. It's about contest selection. You don't join a million maker and put a yeah. chalk lineup in it. That's never going to result in winning. You join a specific contest that you know you have a chance of winning, right? Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, for me, I like the single entries. Um, you know, I had a good week at the U.S. Open because of the $200 single entry, which has a pretty decent payout. At the Open, it was two or 100000 the first, and um, 
it's um you know so you don't have to be that different in those lineups um you don't you know you can as a matter of fact you don't even have to have the winner the top three did not have john rom in the u.s open 200 dollars single entry okay as a matter of fact john john rom winning helped me move up so you know figure that so the thing about the single entries is you don't have all these sharps that you're competing it with that can throw in, you know, 150 max lineups and that kind of stuff. Like you can just focus on putting in your best lineup into that single entry. I think it helps you focus more on the lineup when you're doing that um, because you're like, all right, I got $200 here that I'm about to spend. Like I really want to make this the absolute best lineup that I possibly can make. And so you spend a lot of time just researching that and you try to pinpoint some guys in this case for that lineup, it was, it was really Scheffler and Berger, two guys that I thought were going under look for the U S open. So I may identify some different guys for the open championship and something like that. But so I do think contest selection is key when you look at, um, you know, trying to win a little money, especially in GPPs. If you're playing double ups, it's a little bit different. You know, you can eat some chalk and you can eat some chalk in the single entries, you know, I mean, I had Louis Usain. I mean, he was he's chalk. Like chalk. Yeah, he's probably going to be chalk this week, but that's okay. I'll find you know different guys somewhere else. Um, so I think that is important when you look at how you're you know putting your lineups together and and things like that. Now, look, nobody's ever going to accuse me of being the the smartest the person in the world when it comes to strategy, but I, I do. Uh, I feel like I at least know these golfers enough to to occasionally put a good one together. <laughs> okay, since I've got you on the show and we're wrapping it up, let's get your preferred play from the top of the board. If you had to give an answer Thursday ahead, a week ahead of the open starting, what are we doing here? Who are we picking? All right. Well, I think if you get a preferred play from me, I am going to go with a guy that I just have a soft spot for i love him in majors and i hate the fact that he didn't win the pga championship nor the u.s open <laughs> but i think he could come back and win his second open championship and that is louis Oosthuizen. wow okay that is the preferred play for me like it okay great well there you go hey if you want to follow pat perry on twitter well he doesn't really have do you have a twitter no, just at tour <laughs> underscore junkies. I should have put that on the little time. Oh, like this? Boom. Yeah, there you go. Just follow <laughs> oh, me there. Producer chat. No, you know what? You don't really want to get a hold of Pat Perry. You don't need his answers. You just listen to the the podcast every Monday, and you got all the answers there, and then you follow the articles that he writes. You don't need his Twitter. Yeah, nobody needs that. David handles all the Twitter stuff anyway. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Hey, thanks for watching this, and thanks for being here, Pat. I appreciate your time. This is uh, the Preferred Lines open first look. You can comment, like, subscribe, and do all that stuff. And then sign up for Fan Share Sports. S sign up for Fantasy National. Sign up for the Jack Market. Go use uh, – well, you got a Discord, or what is it? The Nut Hut. You can sign up for that. And get yeah, go into the Nut Hut. You know, go to, go to tourjunkies.com. Check out the Nut Hut. Uh, it's great. $10 monthly, $90 annually. It is a fantastic community on discord. So, uh, yeah, you guys are building, you're building a hell of a FOMO experiment over there. Like every time I hear about it, I'm like, God, why aren't I in there? 
subscription. Yeah, there. come check it out, Chad. Come on. Yeah, I might have to do that, especially when we've got this major now here. If you signed up now, you could ride this thing for the next 60 days and you could have access all the way through the playoffs. Yeah. Playoffs. So there you go. Pat, thank you for being here. Say hi to DB for me. And uh, hey, good luck on uh, the, the John Deere. Hopefully we cash a little bit of profit and we can ride that into the open next week. Yes, sir. Yes. Appreciate you, Chad. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thank you again. Let's play this music. Peace out.